If you want more power, better vision, and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG Plus, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transcending Sport. I am your host, Rob Cruz. My guest is Jason Sherwin. He is the CEO of DeServo. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Great. Glad you're here. Um, we've been getting to know each other over the past couple of days and um, the past couple of weeks, I guess. <laughs> um, and I'm becoming, Months, I'm, even. And I've been making <laughs> myself, familiarizing myself with the... Um, with what you do because it's kind of right in line with what I've been doing since probably the late nineties, but obviously you're doing it in a, in a, in a very unique fashion. And I do want to get to that. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk to you about just you and who are you, where'd you come from, how, you know, what your background is and how you got into what, you, what you're into now. Okay. Yeah, I know. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. And you know, it's been really, uh, pleasure to start working with you on mm-hmm. you know helping helping players in softball mm-hmm. um and across baseball so um just on me uh, i'm originally uh, from chicago mm-hmm. um studied uh was really interested in science growing up but uh also played baseball i'm uh i'm the son of a crazy cubs fan from the north side of chicago <laughs> and uh my uh my, it's my mother, actually, who's the crazy Cubs fan in the family, and to the extent that even uh, newspapers would write articles about her, like we're talking that level of fandom here. <laughs> and uh, so, and when I say that baseball is in my blood, and uh, I, I mean it uh, because uh, this is the same parents who would take me out and throw balls in the dirt in uh, you know in the park for me, so I learned how to block balls in the dirt as a catcher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, drive me around to games, uh, baseball and softball, very much part of, uh, part of what, uh, you know, is the day-to-day life. And then, um, but as my interest in science, uh, you know, picked up uh, in high school, um, went on to study uh, physics at the University of Chicago. Um, but uh, along the way, kind of in tandem with sports, there was always an interest in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, played piano, piano my whole life. And, um, and written music my whole life. And um, that uh, fed into when I was in engineering school um, for aerospace engineering, um, I came interested in how the brain works and how people learn how to become experts at things and how they develop an intuition uh, for making the right decisions in certain environments. And so that led me to look at how musicians first do that on the brain level and when I was uh, after my PhD um, and master's at at Georgia Tech I uh, went to New York City uh, to work at Columbia University in neuroscience but the engineering side of neuroscience how does the brain work how can we measure it better how can we develop computer uh, analyses that help you understand what's going on in the brain better and so that's where uh, I first started looking at how musicians' brains work and how they develop an intuition, a musical intuition. And we started measuring that there were these differences on a brain level for musicians. And then at the same time, someone else in my lab, named Jordan, uh, we had always talked baseball, just on the side. He's a Yankees fan, he's from New York. I'm a Cubs fan, I'm from Chicago. So at first glance, you'd think we don't get along, right? <laughs> but, but along the way, 
we uh, we started talking about the research I was doing, and then he was doing some research in another area, and so we combined forces and we started looking at how baseball players' intuition develops for that half a second when they're a hitter and they're deciding, is this pitch something I can hit? Or like Bobby Valentine likes to say, is this a pitch that could probably kill me right now? Mm-hmm. And then that last decision, can I actually hit this thing? And so we started applying the tools we were developing in neuroscience and engineering to apply to look at how the brain does this. And so we started finding on the basic brain level that there were these fundamental differences in terms of how hitters develop that expertise, they develop that intuition. And so that's really the seed for what the Servo became. And our first work was in baseball. Uh, with um, uh, being in New York, you do get a lot of exposure to media. Um, so that kind of put us into a limelight pretty quickly for major league teams. We started working with their minor league players very early in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, really since then is what allowed us to hone you hit as the baseball product, uh, now the softball product too, and for us to uh, validate it against the kinds of fine-grained measurements that they take at the professional level, in-zone swing rates, out-of-zone takes, contact rates, chase rates, things like that. And so we were able to then look at what we were measuring on a brain level, that intuition in baseball hitting, to what they were actually doing on the field. And there are many other variables involved, swing plane, bat speed, all these other kind of variables, but we kept seeing this fundamental driver of performance on the field was what they were doing on a brain level, what their intuition was, and that we could measure it with things in U-Hit, like the U-Hit accuracy, uh, the U-Hit reaction time, in-zone decision time Mm -hmm. and other variables like that so that's when we started really tailoring it towards how do we not just measure these things how do we make them better how do we use U-Hit as a tool now for a hitter in baseball and in softball to improve their performance improve their intuition and improve their expertise at hitting so that's kind of my life story in a, in a few minutes right there how that's, we got here that's great and that's exactly why you're here and because i want to talk to you about specifically that because we're living in a world where metrics has been kind of force fed to the industry um in a way that it, it's hard to be ignored because when you watch a when you watch an mlb game you see a little bit of a dust behind the ball as it goes over the fence and how far was that ball hit and what was the launch angle for that ball and what was the swing plane and what was the bat speed and what was the exit velocity for that pitch but the things that happened before that that allowed that player to be able to do that at the level that he did it and if we're talking about softball at the level that she does it you are usually visually and cognitive and, and that player, those players being able to do that at a specific speed rate or at, at a specific level of efficiency. And, uh-huh. and up until now, we haven't really been able to measure it with any accuracy and in the context of the actual sport itself. But you seem to have been able to do that here. And I, I want to talk about that because I think that's something that because we don't see it, it's, I like to call it invisible mechanics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's the invisible thing that's going on eyes, brain, perception decision making that we don't get to see but now that, we, now that we're able to measure it we can't ignore it that's exactly right that's exactly right and the challenge is is, is putting it in the forefront visually because like you say these are the invisible mechanics mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. It's, it's so easy to see what a swing looks like it's so easy to see what you know how far a ball travels right and those are very readily apparent uh, to any coach to any player that you know drives a ball like that but these these invisible mechanics really are what happened like you said before the ball flies over the fence right mm-hmm. and so that's really you know where we're innovating day by day to figure out how to present that information back to anyone who's using you hit for softball anyone who's using it for baseball to improve those invisible mechanics and do it in a way 
that is helpful for them in their day-to-day training. So when you first started doing this, your, your first your first clients, your first trial studies, um, mm-hmm. what was the process in improving it, and what did you learn, you know, early on in in developing this this program to get to where it is now? That's yeah, that's a great question. There's there's probably not enough time in ten podcasts <laughs> to cover the things we learned. <laughs> right, right. What, but, what are uh, some of the I'll major things a, and some of the highlights stuff? Yeah. Yeah, but I'll give you a couple of the major ones. The, mm-hmm. the, I think the, the biggest thing we learned along the way, like I said, was, uh, you know, when I gave that brief history of, of, of life leading to UHIT, mm-hmm. um, we were doing neuroscience. We were doing brain measurements. Mm-hmm. And when we were doing that, that was my partner Jordan and I going to spring training facilities and, you know, and other places around the country. Um, and applying a headset, a cap, measured brain activity directly from the player, and then we would give them a report and say, "This is what this is what the analysis is." And we learned very quickly that that wasn't sufficient. What we learned was that the players needed something to help them work on that analysis, right? And they needed a way to do it that. They can do on their own. We can help them with it, but they needed a way to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And I think the real insight came from a fellow named Mike Chernoff. Mike Chernoff uh, now is the general manager of the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. When he said this to us, he was the assistant general manager, and he said in 2016 to us, they had done a few of the players getting the EEG, the brain measurement, with you hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, we need to do this with like, 60 players, 70 players, not just three, four. And we want to validate that against the, you know, what they do on fields, in-zone swing rates, chase rates, things like that that are measured. And so it was that moment, really, where we moved from doing a brain measurement, we come there, we do it, to we put it on an iPhone app. We put it on a, an Android app and you just do it on your phone. We send the assessment directly to the phone. And it was really that lesson there that pointed out to us that, yeah, this information is valuable for analysis and and honing a a training process for a hitter if it's done with a direct brain measurement, but we can help really hundreds of thousands of hitters in this kind of way when it's sent directly to their phone, even millions of hitters when it's sent directly to their phone because it's been fine-tuned to the point that's done with a brain measurement. We know what we're looking for in the brain measurement and we know what we can send to the phone to do that assessment too. And that's really at the heart of the UHIT assessments and AI interventions is that we can send that standardized assessment that we've done with hundreds of professional players at this point and thousands of other players at this point. And so we know what those baselines are, and then we know how to take that data from the assessment to make a customized intervention plan that will drive metrics that will make lower chase rates on the field, better contact on the field, better in-zone decision-making, better out-of-zone decision-making, all when you're up at the plate. And so that big lesson right there from Mike Chernoff from the Cleveland Indians that was really the big one is it's not so much how to make the product but it's how to deliver the product Mm -hmm. how to make it fit into the way people do things today and no one no one with a with a son or a daughter right now um, has has a problem getting them to use their phone right no one in the no one in the universe really has a problem getting their son or daughter to use their their iphone or their android to do something and so we realize that that's where we can have the most impact on how these invisible mechanics are are developed is through the phone, and that's really at the heart of the mobile assessments that we do with you hit. Now we still do the brain, the brain measurements, the, what we call the EEG assessments. Yes, we yes. still do those, mm-hmm. and there are several you know facilities and and you know professional teams that do incorporate that as the baseline measurement and. You know, and then that is very helpful for the intervention process that follows also, which is sent directly to the phone. But the mobile assessment is a way to help so many more people 
and really develop these invisible mechanics. So you said so much just now, and my mind is, you know, my mind is going a million miles a second. Um, <laughs> so I want to say this because I, I've been a student of vision, perception, and cognition since since 1998, 1999, uh, and very hard at doing it. Like I've been going hard, <laughs> researching everything that mm-hmm. I can get my hands on, reading as many books as I can get my hands on, reading so many research papers. And, and medical journals and, and sports science journals and, and neuroscientific journals and I, what I found is when you try to take something like this and bring it to sports you hit it right on the head how do you make it fit into the culture mm-hmm. into the culture of the sport because the athletes that are going to do this are going to be the serious athletes they're going to be the ones That's that right. are, and they're going to be the and because they're serious they're going to be the most, probably the most busy mm-hmm so mm-hmm. that's exactly right. So making it fit is the key. Teams um, being able to have the athletes do it on their phone on their own time, not on the team's time, because it, you just don't have time to, to add another thing to a practice. You, you, we need more time to practice. So what I, what I want to ask you to do, if you could, is just walk us through what that process looks like for the average um, elite elite in their mindset you know the kids that have that elite mindset a 14 or 15 year old boy or girl what does that look like for them in terms of getting involved or in terms of just taking the assessment yeah it's it's very simple it's um it's really starts with their coach Mm -hmm. driving the process and um what 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 they do is they they sign them up we just start with an email address is really where it all begins Mm -hmm. and we'll just send that 14 15 year old boy girl we send them uh an email with a a link to download the you hit app uh baseball or softball depending on the sport they're playing they download the app they get another email that says this is your username this is your password just like you log into email your Mm -hmm. username your password and then they log in and because their coach has already signed them up with us, they will have an assessment waiting for them in their phone. It's as simple as that. Download the app, log in with the information we give you, and the assessment is waiting there for you. And then there are, there are two elements that we measure on the assessment. Mm-hmm. There's the strike recognition or zone recognition, and then there's the pitch recognition, which is being able to identify different types of pitches, slightly different skill. And we do those two measurements in two blocks each so it makes four kind of sessions or innings that you go through mm-hmm. and that's that takes about 20 minutes to do 20 25 minutes tops so we recommend they're in kind of a quiet moment to do it mm-hmm. on a tv on or something like that just so we can get as good of a measurement to understand how good that 14 or 15 year old player is doing his own recognition in certain parts of the zone how well he or she is recognizing drop balls from rise balls or curveballs and sliders Mm -hmm. and then that data comes to us we pass it through our artificial intelligence or our ai which then makes an ai intervention plan and then that ai intervention plan is a set of nine innings we do it in nine inning blocks for pitch recognition and for zone strike recognition and it takes them stepwise from their weaknesses and builds on the strengths that they've got but identifies one by one those weaknesses and gives them just another level of challenge to go through so the analogy i always use for this is my favorite game boy game which was tetris the original mm-hmm. game that came with game boy mm-hmm. so i think i might be dating myself here but <laughs> i think everybody knows how tetris functions that you've got level one the blocks are falling very slowly very easy to match them up and make a complete line once you get to 10 lines now it goes up to level two the blocks are falling a little faster mm-hmm. and now once you get to 20 lines it's level three the blocks fall even faster and so it becomes that much more challenging to decide in the amount of time that you have available what you have to do and it's a similar thing that we do with the interventions with the ai interventions in you hit every inning we start at what your level one is maybe it's 48% accuracy, maybe it's 62% accuracy, maybe it's the pitches have to be at 44 miles an hour rather than 48 in softball. And then what we do is we stepwise increase, okay, now we're going 
from 48% accuracy to 50% accuracy, 50% to 52%. Maybe it's only on the inner part of the zone that the accuracy has to be worked on. So we just focus on that part of the zone. Mm -hmm. All those decisions, all those decisions that have to be made about where your analysis has to be, where your intervention has to be fine-tuned is done by our AI. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a way that we help players target their individual weaknesses that we identify in that assessment. And then once they complete those nine innings of an intervention, they can get another set of nine innings that now build on the, the weaknesses that they've already identified and worked on and then make them even better, make them even stronger. So it's this continuous process of assess, train with an intervention and reassess that the AI intervention does and that's really where um, we're delivering the most impact right now. That's great. So let's go back for a second. Let's go back to the yeah. the two the two main uh, areas where we're actually testing for, which is one, strike recognition, mm -hmm. and two, pitch recognition. So let's let's mm -hmm. start, let's start with strike recognition and what happens in that process cognitively. And, 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 and again, in that short amount of time, that, that less than a half a second amount of time, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what's happening cognitively? Uh, I think you mentioned earlier. Is it is it going to hit me? Uh, is, is it a pitch mm -hmm. that I can hit? <laughs> you know, you, you have to have right. to, you have to have those kind of um, self preservation things going on in your brain first. Mm -hmm. You got something that that fast coming at you, and then after that, yeah. it's like, okay, is this something that I can actually hit? And then, and then yep. here's the deal, like, and then, and then everything else matters. So, what, can you walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, um, I'll also illustrate it with a, a great story uh, we came across from one of our uh, minor league, now major league players mm -hmm. in the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, working on his zone recognition. So, really, what goes on in strike recognition or zone recognition is that you are identifying from the release of the pitcher's hand or from a kind of a tracking point the initial movement of the ball and then on a cognitive level you are predicting the rest of the way the ball is going to go because you know once the pitcher releases the ball there's nothing they can do to it now right they put whatever spin they put on it they've released it at whatever velocity they've released it at they can't do anything else to the ball but now it's your job as the hitter to predict the rest of the way it's going to go to anticipate oh, that's a great way, word right? that is a great word that language that's the language yeah, that, that i've been using that's oh, it gosh. no and that's it that's it and we are on the same wavelength with this it's it's absolutely what's going on on the brain level mm -hmm. and there are many you know component parts to it that i can get into but i'd recommend actually for interested readers to look at uh the book that covered us and others working in this area called the performance cortex it's yeah. x schoenbrunn and um it, it, he really explains this stuff in a, a perfectly colloquial language not colloquial in a bad way but colloquial in a very detailed but understandable way but that prediction is what's going on and that's what we're measuring in zone recognition and so you have to decide based on that prediction where the end point is of that pitch and where that end point is and when it's going to get there. That's what's going on in zone recognition, <clears throat> in strike recognition. And that's what we're measuring right there. So with Evan Mendoza, the St. Louis Cardinals player, we actually uh, started you know, first measuring his zone assessment, his, uh, his strike recognition, his zone recognition in his assessment. And then Evan is a unique character because he was also an aerospace engineering student before he was drafted by the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And he's one of these guys who, one of these players who knew how to work on the skills he needed to work on. And he knew that he had problems on the inner part of the plate. And so he started using the uh, zone enhancement feature in U-Hit to just work on pitches on the inner part of the plate. So he would see what the scouting report was on the pitcher each day He'd sit in his uh, clubhouse locker room at his at his stall there, and just like you know, work on that those pitches. Let's say it's fastballs 93, sliders 88. That just hitting that inner part of the zone because he noticed what he was doing in the games was he was ducking out of the box on pitches inner part of the plate. Hmm. So what he started doing was being able to predict better for pitches on that inner part of the zone, and he noticed that he was now able to stay in there longer 
And if it's a ball off the plate inner, he could stay in because he knew exactly his prediction of where it was going to go was that much better. He didn't have to get his whole body out of the way, right?、Mm. And then he was also better to tell where a pitch was coming, inner part of the plate, if it's going to be over the plate, and then decide to turn on it that much quicker. Because again, his prediction, strike recognition, zone recognition, prediction of where it's going to end up was that much better. He didn't have that much error associated with his predictions there. And that was really a function he said over two to three weeks of using U hit zone enhancement over that inner part of the plate, the daily draft,、um, the daily scouting report of that pitcher. So that's really what's going on for zone and strike recognition. It's predicting. It's predicting. So it, it, in the app, the athlete has the opportunity to get pitches coming at them on their phone in a screen, and then make a decision based on whether that was a ball or strike. That's exactly right. And then you, in turn, give them a score based on the percentage that they got correct. That's right.、Okay. Right now, yeah.、Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you hit does is it will measure your accuracy. Now the accuracy is is it's not exactly you know I did six out of ten right. What it'll do is it'll weight things based on how many of those were actually in the zone and how many of them were out of the zone, right? So what we do is we give you a score really that tells you. How well you're recognizing balls and strikes. Now, can I ask you this? Does it tell you how early they recognized it, or how late they recognized it, or just the fact that they recognized it? It tells you how early or late they did,、mm-hmm. based on how quickly they they've.、Uh, if it's a swing, so like, if it's the way we do. Strike is you tap the screen,、mm-hmm. just like you got to swing the bat.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you say ball is you don't do anything, just、right. like at the plate, you don't swing the bat, you、right. let the ball go by. And so that similarity to how your brain really does it when you're up at the plate is captured in this way on the app. And so when you decide to go for it in the zone, that's the equivalent of this is how quickly I recognized it and connected it to a movement, and that's what's measured with the mobile assessment. And I, I think. Recognizing something, connecting it to a decision, and then connecting it to a movement is the time that we're talking about when we say time to time to collision. We say time to collision based on the bat movement, but we don't say time to decision, and we don't normally talk about time to generating a response.、Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's something that's not you know in, in the normal vernacular of a, of a, a hitting coach or a skills coach. But when we're talking、mm-hmm. about、um, neuro coaching, through, you know, through neuro technology, now we're addressing something that we've never really been able to address. We've been able to identify it in sport to say that kid has something special. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't、yeah. know how. To, I don't know how to how to how to verbally、uh, say it. But wow, they just they're just fast. And there's、mm-hmm. something it's something about making fast decisions. That also translates into the confidence of an athlete too.、Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so now going to the second part, we're talking about pitch recognition now, and、mm-hmm. recognizing the pitch. How does how does that work? Are, are they using like seam seam rotation, or、uh, am I able to see spin? Am I able to see the seams?、Uh, and how does that work? Right. Yeah. So in In both both strike recognition and pitch recognition, we do have the actual rotation of the ball and the kind of you know seam movement that you would have for different types of pitches.、Uh, the blur of a four seam fastball, for instance, kind of the dot、mm-hmm. uh, of the slider. The slider, yeah.、Um, mm-hmm. So, but in pitch recognition, <clears throat> what they're doing there is is it's a slightly different version of prediction. It's、mm-hmm. more of a measurement of Impulse control.、Uh, in terms of what's going on, is that the pitcher gives you a clue of what pitch they could throw in softball,、uh, a drop ball, a rise ball,、um, or a curveball. Okay, we're going with those three pitches, and then what pitch is thrown is either a drop ball, a rise ball, or a curveball.、Yeah. So what's going on is that when that cue comes that says drop ball is coming, what you're doing. Brain-wise, is saying, "All right, I'm looking for the path. I'm predicting for. I'm looking for the path of a drop ball." And then when that pitch comes, 
you have to decide again make that prediction as early as you can about whether this ball is actually following the flight of a drop ball or whether it's following the flight of a curveball or or a rise ball and so you're 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 tapping the screen when you think it's a match and again you're letting it go by when it's not so it's like when you're up at the plate if you are if you think the pitcher's tipping their pitch and you are sitting on that pitch you're go 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 until you're stopped yes. until you see that it's not a match and that's what we're measuring there and that's really why that impulse control element is so important and that's really where the pitch recognition um, assessment is capturing important uh, capability of a hitter is how well do you know to slam on the brakes to do that impulse control and stop because you're always thinking go when you're up there well, well really good hitters well yeah I was going to say that yeah. uh, the good hitters are, are thinking go you know, right. and I tell my kids straight up I say look there's a certain way that a three a two three four and five even a six hitter is going to mentally slash cognitively organize their thought process Mm-hmm. And it has to be yes until it's no. That's but right. but the re- most most of the time the reason why the eight batter is the eight batter is because that hitter is probably waiting until they're sure that it's going to be a strike to say yes. And that and that's way too late. Oh, absolutely. And I think that being able to have a system like this to train that because you cannot do this, you would not be able to have that poor organization of thought. Uh, I'm not sure. Should I? Okay, yes. That's not going to work out. <laughs> Especially, you don't have time. Right, you won't have time. Yeah, you and just I, don't have the time. So I think having something that exposes them to that just on working on the thought process and the decision-making process mm-hmm. and the organization of how I'm thinking in my thought process is really, really huge when you think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, just kind of a side note on that is that when we first started measuring these abilities of prediction of impulse control things like that when we started measuring these in college players professional players um, I think one of the things we were really measuring early on when we started seeing the differences just between are you a college player or are you not or are you a professional player or are you not I think those biggest separators between do you play baseball as a hitter or do you not was really one of the biggest drivers actually was this kind of um, you know storm of brain activity that happens when they have to shut down the yes 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 thought right Mm -hmm. because and and that was actually kind of a what I call a red herring for us in the beginning because we expected that to follow a spectrum uh, of you know it's very low if you don't if you're not a hitter and it gets increasingly uh, higher if you are a college player and then a professional player but really what we saw was that the best hitters were the ones who were always thinking yes 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 and then when they say no though there's this storm of electrical activity in their brain to do that impulse control because they have to shut down the yes 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 right and so what we started seeing over time though was that uh, there were other measurements that really showed us the spectrum of you know middle range to really high range college players and middle range to really high range professional uh, players when it came to their hitting so um, that that storm of electrical activity to shut down um, was really kind of our first indicator these are exceptional hitters but it's really because they're those two three four hitters right who are thinking yes 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 when they when they see a pitch right but they have to really but then what they also have to do is know when to shut it down and know how to control that kind of impulse so to speak and so that's really another thing we're measuring with pitch recognition that, that would be the chase rate exactly that's exactly it so it's funny exactly um, it. the chase rate <laughs> the, the ability and it's funny because in, in the sport of softball this rise ball thing man I mean you could you could literally know it's coming and people just can't stop themselves from chasing it. Mm-hmm. It's such a great pitch and it's such a deceptive pitch. And I think it has something to do with the fact of the height of the pitch and how close it is to the eyes. That might have something mm-hmm. to do with it too, but like it just 
it's just an elusive, deceptive pitch that people are just chasing it. It's, it's unbelievable. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and when you sit there on the couch and you're like, "Why you keep ch- why you guys keep chasing that pitch?" And you're talking about the best hitters in the country. You're talking about the best. You're talking about the World Series and the best eight teams. You know, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. It's just, oh it's, yeah. It's something else, man. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. No, I mean the the rise ball. You know, this is something that we we kind of have a taste of in baseball with you know really hard throwing and very high spin rate fastball throwers but for the most part you know they talk about the rising fastball but it's not to the same level of, I don't want to use the word you know epidemic proportions today but like <laughs> to the same kind of you know widespread prevalence mm-hmm. really that you have mm-hmm. in softball because um, just the, you know the nature of the underhanded release allows you to to to, to mimic that uh, to really accelerate that spin rate and so and that deception and then also because the ball is a little bit bigger and then when it is in that upper part of the zone it's just closer to the eyes right mm-hmm. so it just looks like this big beach ball that you can you know you can drive and then before you know it it's, it's gone right over your bat right so it's that impulse control measurement that the pitch recognition assessment does um, to see and, and really I didn't talk too much about this with pitch recognition too is that it is the reason we pick three pitches. We don't have screwball in there, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we pick three pitches is that those three pitches, they have to have some elements of horizontal difference to one another and a vertical difference in their movement to one another. Mm-hmm. So that's really another thing that pitch recognition assessment and you hit measures in baseball and for softball is how much of a threshold on that horizontal level how much of a threshold on that vertical level does the hitter have to recognize those small differences early on in the pitch and then notice how the prediction of what those two pitches look like the rise ball versus the drop ball and then how quickly can they then affect the decision make a decision on that or how how well do they know to control that impulse right so that's really another thing that we see as a strong driver of on-field performance too is um you have a bigger threshold you see like you don't see the difference between horizontal movement as much or vertical movement as much uh, you'll have higher strikeout rates on the field we've seen this uh, time and again with with you know with dozens approaching hundreds of players at this point and so it's really that element too along with the impulse controllers seeing the horizontal movement having a tighter threshold for seeing horizontal movement and having a tighter threshold for seeing vertical movement that the pitch recognition assessment does that we then build in to your AI intervention that keeps you honest in terms of how quickly you're jumping to those, not jumping to those conclusions, but, you know, deciding and making an educated decision on that pitch. Yeah, it's, doing funny, it the it's, time it's, it's funny you said that because I'm doing a, a kind of like a little study, a little personal study myself on swing biases. Because mm-hmm. you have a lot of hitters that have like what we call, what we, what we call like a swing bias, or, mm-hmm. e- or even a um, an, an attack angle bias in their swing, where they just naturally are better going to the opposite field, or they're better um, pulling the ball, or they're better on the low pitches in the zone, or they're better at balls up in the zone, right? But mm-hmm. I think when you just said that, it, it made me think. It probably comes from something going on cognitively, which is they may have a cognitive bias. Like you said, they kind of jump to that thing in their mind, in their brain, which obviously their response is going to be specific to what the brain's happening. So I just never even put it together until just now when you said Mm -hmm. it. But now I got to take a look at that now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and and actually, I think, you know, expanding on that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we've looked at we've looked at a player already together um, on a on the glory pitch team yeah, right? yeah. in uh, in virginia mm-hmm. and uh you know we looked at we looked at her uh her her, her motion maps or, or blast uh you know kind of maps for where she was reacting to pitches and then we mapped that over to where her map was for uh strike recognition for zone mm-hmm. recognition yeah. assessment with you hit and we saw this this overlap there so and it was for her at a certain part of the inner part of the zone. So mm-hmm. I, I think you're absolutely, you know, hit the nail on the head there. This is a cognitive kind of bias, 
right? Mm -hmm. That where you look for things in certain parts of the zone, and then that informs what your swing looks like.、Um, now, you know how to hone in on that on that on that skill. Just go for pitches in that part of the zone, or you know lay off of other pitches, or you know maybe. Develop a different arsenal of types of swings. Once you recognize those different parts of the of, of the zone where the ball is going to land,、mm -hmm. you know these are all things really where coaches can be hands on in the ways that they've already been with hitters in terms of swing mechanics、um, and things like that. I mean, one of the things we've seen it's it's been the the strongest correlation actually that we've seen with you hit assessment metrics, the the accuracy in particular in you hit is that. Players that get better accuracy on the U-hit assessment, in general, they get more pitches in the zone from pitchers. Now that seems kind of strange at first glance. You think, well, that's what the pitchers are doing. That's not what the hitters are doing. But what's going on there? We're seeing early signs of this. Is that the pitchers know that they can't just throw the rosin bag up there four feet out of the zone. You know what I mean? They can't just throw a bad pitch, a junk pitch, to that hitter and expect them to swing. They know that they've got to go after those pitchers in the zone, and they've got to challenge them in the zone. And so that's really one of the、okay. things that we've we've seen the strongest here. Yeah, I got you. You can probably get away with that when you get down to the bottom of the order. <laughs> right, right. You get those、right. kids to chase more. Yeah, I got you. So because it's funny,、um, I was using, like you said, when, when I combine. See what I'm what I'm able to do when. Just based on my experience and my knowledge of vision and cognition, and understanding what you guys are doing with the U Hit app, is I'm able to take the metrics from, let's say, a diamond kinetic swing tracker,、uh, not necessarily the bat speed, but definitely the rate of acceleration.、Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll look at the acceleration rate of an athlete a little bit with their speed too, of the bat speed, but I'll also look at the, the at the time to the time to contact. And we're measuring、mm -hmm. that in milliseconds, and、mm -hmm. and I'll deduct that time of time to contact from the amount of time it took them to actually recognize the pitch, and start、mm -hmm. to and start to have a better understanding of、um, how big or how small their trigger needs to be, because they don't have that much time to give away if their acceleration rate is too low.、Mm -hmm. And then on the other on the flip side of it, if I have a faster acceleration rate, you know I can even wait longer. Which gives me、mm -hmm. more time to actually see a pitch. That's exactly it. And I think that's when you start to take the you start to take the the、uh, the you hit data and cross reference that data just from just from a strict straight ability wise. What is the abilities of this player cognitively? And then look at how their body is moving and how their bat's moving. Then we're able to do some really serious things in terms of understanding what a hitter needs to do uniquely and.、Uh, For the specifically for their particular swing and approach to, to swinging, that matches what their、uh, what their cognitive abilities are, and this is where the real value that I'm, I'm learning. At the more and more that you and I talk, the more and more I'm starting to understand and really realize the true value of such a、uh, of such a technology. What are we calling it? Neural technology? Neural tech? Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, it falls in the general category of neural tech. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yes. It's、uh, yeah. It's 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 absolutely what you know what what you're talking about with this acceleration rate that you can measure with you know whether it's DK or whether it's, it's blast、um, and and I would think of our you know reaction time、mm -hmm. or in zone decision time measurement on there as the start of that acceleration. Yes. The moment that that acceleration sequence starts, right? It's not when you would actually make contact with the ball. It's when that when you start that acceleration process and you've committed to going into the zone, and so that's the thing that you need then to have as early as possible, but still not too early to be able to have a faulty prediction. Well, you know, and that's really something that we're focusing on with our intervention. You know, what's crazy is that there's two parts of it. There's, there's a there's a timing element of it, right? There's a timing element of it in terms of how I accelerate as a hitter. But there's also,、mm -hmm. and then there's the, there's the decision, like there's the like, okay, where is this pitch going to be?、Uh, mm -hmm. Is it going to be low and in? Is it going to be low and out? Is it going to be middle middle? Is it going to be middle high? You know, and and that's the other part. So it's like a, it's almost like、mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a two part system in in the swing, the timing, and then my hands and barrel. And and I always say, I always tell my hitters, and my hitters can 
can that can say that they'll they'll relate to this because they they're listening to this. We always talk about the final four, which is eyes, brains, hands, back. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the final four of the whole sequence: eyes, mm-hmm. brain, hands, back. That are making those last fraction of a second adjustments when the body has already done it. The body has already had to do what it had to do. Now it's eyes, yep. brain. Now it's eyes, brain, hands, back. And I think that is going to be you know this is this is. This is it, man. I'm, I'm really excited about um, what I'm going to be doing with you, Hit, personally, <laughs> because I because when I when I look at what what I'm able to do and get from it, you know, there's so many ways that I can I can make my hitters better, um, and I'm looking forward to um, to the journey and and, and and learning more and and just getting a deeper insight into how the entire hitting process works, not just the swing part. I mean, that's nice, and I think you know we, we, we've. Uh, We've, we've, we've scratched the surface. We've gone beyond the surface uh, lately with that, but just mm-hmm. understanding what's mm-hmm. going on under the hood of the car. When you, when you lift up the hood of the car, and you're like, okay, here's what's going on inside of here. Now we're starting to see what's really going on. And, yep. uh, and, and that's, yeah, that's... these are the invisible mechanics. The invisible <laughs> mechanics. I love that line. Yeah, Yo, you know, um, the, the invisible mechanics is, um, I wrote a book called Swag 101. My, my second book was a book called Swag 101. And my subtitle was 400 Hitters and Invisible Mechanics. Um, because I, I did a lot of, I, I talked a little bit about the mental game and a little about the cognitive process. But um, So this, this kind of goes right in line with what I was talking about in that, in that second book. But, yeah, man. Yeah, we're, we're, happy to, we're happy to, you know, go along for the journey here and, you know, bring, make these invisible mechanics more visible and the kind of, <laughs> you know, assessments and interventions we'll do with, uh, with, with you, Rob, and with Complete Games. So we're, we're really happy to do that. Absolutely. So please tell us where we can find you hit on social, Facebook, t- Twitter, uh, the, the, the website. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, to start with, um, I believe uh, our assessments and intervention uh, we have a starter uh, intervention. We have a complete intervention. Those are two, uh, I think, both available now on Complete Games website. Yep. Um, so they can go to complete.game uh, to find that on your shop. Mm-hmm. And um, otherwise, uh, our UHIT uh, app, uh, you just search for UHIT on the uh, on the App Store or on Android's Google Play. Um, we uh, are... We didn't talk much about it today. We focused on the phone, but we also do have more of a simulated at bat uh, that can connect to your TV, um, which is the with the virtual game remote. Uh, if you look for UHIT um, or UHIT Softball on Amazon, you can easily find uh, our virtual game remote there. And, um, and of course, deservo.com um, is where to find uh, UHIT uh, for baseball, for softball, and the other uh, products that we make in other sports as well, but um, I would encourage everyone to go to uh, complete.game um, to Rob's website. Uh, it's where we're starting whoa, to do. Whoa, 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 whoa! You didn't tell me about the virtual remote. <laughs> well, <laughs> time out, man. Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa! Podcast is not over. We are not done. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, so I'm on Amazon right now. And I just pulled it up. You hit baseball virtual game remote command the zone. Are you freaking kidding me right now? Oh man, it's all about swing integration. It's how do we integrate this into when you're standing up there at the point. Okay, so okay, and so okay. Now walk, walk me through this because I'm I'm getting ready to hit the button. We just right got now. a second. We just got a second podcast. <laughs> Yo, okay, hold on. Okay, so we got. Okay, so what? I, so am I casting the app? To my TV through through uh, like Apple TV or a Chromecast or something. No, and actually, that's a really important point. Is that the time delay that you you have when you do a Chromecast or something like that is is actually really damaging for for your timing as in making that prediction and then executing it. So that's why we made the the game remote to be to to reduce that time delay. You know, because if you got a time delay of forty milliseconds, right? And when you tap your screen and when it shows up there on this on this on the TV, that's that's huge detriment to your training. So that's really what the virtual game remote um, allows anyone to do in their living room, allows you to do in your game room, allows you to do in your bedroom, right? And now you can uh, enhance your AI intervention that you're doing on your phone, right? But you're not just sitting two eyes in front like you would be against your phone. You got one eye closer than the other, just like you'd be up at the plate. 
and that's really where the virtual game remote is this swing integration kind of enhancement to your um, to your AI intervention. So in the photo, I'm seeing um, the guy with a bat in his hand, but is the clicker in the bat? He's, he's got his helmet on. He's in front of the screen. It's he's yeah. He's holding a, he's holding the remote in his hand. Um, and he's in his batting stance. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and they're probably uh, you've got a picture I think of Adam Engel on the White Sox doing it. Uh, he does it with a, a laptop screen. Yeah. He'll stand there with a laptop. He'll take that on the road. Um, in Ryan Johansson's facility, Johansson Baseball in, in Elgin, Illinois, um, there's a player standing up there against a, against a projector screen. I see that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know you've got for the on the softball uh, side, uh, uh, Justin Stone's elite softball training. He's got one of his teams doing it on a flat screen TV. So there's a variety of ways um, that you can you know simulate that at bat on things. Once again, it's just like the phone. Everyone's got a phone that they can do their assessment. They can do their intervention work on. Now everyone's got a TV. They got a laptop. They've got, um, in some cases, a projector where they can work on their intervention training as well, but now integrating it with the start of their swing, right? When that acceleration sequence starts, right? And that's really where the gamer mode is so important for that. You guys are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> There's more, but we'll definitely save that for another podcast. <laughs> uh, this is been... This has been great, Jason. I really, really am grateful that, that you were able to come on and share with my audience. I love my audience. I have a really uh, unique, um, committed, dedicated audience who are they, are they are really into this stuff. So I know they're going to be appreciative of it. I know they're going to be looking to, 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 to learn more. And of course, I'm going to be integrated in, integrating this into um, the Complete Game uh, Baseball Softball Performance Labs. Uh, and I'm looking forward to being able to share this with my athletes and get, and get these kids better and get them ready for whatever uh, the game throws at them. <clears throat> so uh, if you had something that you wanted to end on, you can go ahead and end it on. Maybe leave us with something. And if not, I'm going to go ahead and call this podcast a wrap. Absolutely. No, just thank you for uh, for having a great conversation and, you know, really looking at these these invisible mechanics. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're here to help. All right, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Rob. No problem.